Another Way to Play, episode 116. You're essentially getting education, and if you're looking at entrepreneurship strictly, from people who have never been entrepreneurs and never will be, they're, you know, most teachers' unions. So, like, that's the opposite of entrepreneurial thinking for the most part. So it's like, if you really look at the research of how they were started, these giant institutions were started by some of the wealthiest people to create a workforce for them. This is Justin Breen, founder CEO of Brepic, and if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Strazina, Olympic athlete turned top producing Bay Area realtor. I believe that your success or failure is determined by your ability to compete and win when it comes to your mindset. Twice a week, I talk with other high performers to share the lessons and inspiration that allowed them to blow the roof off their success. So get ready to have some fun, be inspired, and most importantly, learn the skills you need to win in your own life. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that your success or failure in your life is determined by your ability to succeed and win when it comes to your mindset. Today, guys, we have someone really special coming on. He is a mindset wizard, in my opinion. He's super well-connected and has a really interesting way of looking at the world. It's Justin Breen of Brepic, uh, which is a media relations, basically an anti-media company um, where they help their clients get recognized for the amazing things they're doing in their businesses out in the media space. He's also the author of the Epic Business Book, which is a really fantastic read. I just started opening it up myself. So definitely a crack into the mind of someone who is really thinking at a high, high level. Uh, Justin and I get into a couple of really interesting things, specifically around like why the media leads with the bleeds it leads, uh, kind of mindset as far as what they're reporting on, some stuff about higher education, and frankly, a very unique definition of what an entrepreneur is. So make sure you listen to the end for all of that good stuff. And if you're getting value out of this, head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review because it really helps me grow, get the show out in front of a few more people and gives me some great feedback. So thank you to all of you who have done that. And for those of you who haven't yet, thanks in advance. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into it with my friend, Justin Breen. Justin, thank you so much for being on the show today. Excited to have you on. Yeah, this will be a fun conversation for sure. Welcome to my backyard. <laughs> yeah, well, th- thanks for inviting us into your backyard. I mean, you were the master connector, I swear. Like we've met just briefly before this and you've connected me with some pretty awesome folks already. So I'm excited to to hear kind of how you got into that position yourself. So with that, like what are you doing today? Like what lay the, the groundwork? Like what are you working on now? What's your big... Uh, big exciting goals at the moment and then love to hear more about your story sure um so i have two superpowers where essentially i'm better than anyone else on the planet at two things and then i'm basically useless to society besides that so those the people always laugh at that but it's really true um i'm a really good dad too but i don't consider that a superpower but 
some people would, but I don't. But so in terms of getting people in news uh, media at a high level and then connecting people on a global level, I'm you know at genius levels at both of those. So I'm constantly within my unique ability, my superpowers, just enjoying those two things and just continuing to to double down on those. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, man. So I, I love that you brought up that that concept of your superpower and focusing on what it is you're super super good at. Obviously, it takes some time to kind of get to the level that you're on. So why don't you back up and talk about your story and tell us where your journey really began? Sure. So I was a journalist for 20 years and created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for 20 years. So um, most super successful entrepreneurs and businesses, they see a problem or annoyed by a problem, come up with solution to problem, execute the solution, solution works successful business. So that's all I did. So um, I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist as opposed to a journalist who's a journalist. And there's a, there's a big difference. So, um, which is fine. Um, but um, so most PR firms send out useless press releases and as journalists, you get hundreds of these a day from people you don't know. So my firm creates actual newsworthy, you know, stories and uh, becomes a link on the client's website under news or blog. And so it looked like a story you see in the Seattle Times or something like that. And I take that story and pitch it to media locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally. And if media is interested, put them in touch with the client moving forward. So it works with any business, any location, any vertical. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So it's the model that works with gets results. So, so all that is background. Um, I was a journalist for 20 years. Uh, I'll give you the timeline. February 10th, 2017, had a five-minute meeting with uh, the company I was working at, the managing editor and the owner. I had my job salary cut in half, um, just due to cutbacks, nothing I had done. It's just, you know, that's journalism. So next couple of weeks, I tried to find a full-time job, couldn't find a job. Uh, April 16th, 2017, I incorporated, uh, my company's called Brepic. Um, so from April 16th, 2017 to about June 1st, 2017, I reached out to 5,000 people to get my first five clients. So one in a thousand nine hundred ninety-nine notes for every yes. So overwhelming amounts of rejection, but entrepreneurs never give up. The good ones, anyway. So um, got my fifth client on like June first or June second. Resigned from my full-time job the next day, um, and then June fifth or June sixth, Robert Feeder, he's the top uh, media columnist in the Midwest portion of the United States. He did a story that I'd started my own firm. So that's the timeline of what my firm does and then how it started. So just a couple of minutes ago, you, you broke down that like an entrepreneur like sees a problem, comes up with a solution and executes and that's a successful business. It, and when you put it that way, it's so simple, but obviously there's more, there's more along the way there, right? So can you break down a little bit for you? Cause you obviously were in the journalism world. You were writing stories, you were out on the beat, you were doing sports, you were doing a bunch of different stuff, right? So how did you transition from, from that into like, I mean, it's one thing to think like, I'm going to go on my own. I'm going to freelance. I'm going to start my own thing to actually doing it and being successful at a really high level like you have. So how, how did you bridge that gap? Yep. So as I said before, I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist. I'm also an accidental entrepreneur, meaning I like, this just happened organically. But when I was a journalist, I was an intrapreneur. 
meaning I was an entrepreneurial mindset and start inside a company. I just didn't know that until I started this, that I was really meant to be an entrepreneur the whole, the whole time. So when I was a journalist, they'd give me these weird jobs. Like they didn't know what to do with me. So they give me like these hybrid roles, like uh, editor, reporter, or photo editor slash sports editor, or assistant managing editor for content. Or it was like, you know, ridiculous titles, but they didn't know, they, there's no play, there's no, I'm not square peg, square hole person. I'm just like, boom, you know, I can just do anything with that kind of stuff. So, so I've had an entrepreneurial mind and a connecting mind throughout my whole life. I just didn't know it until how this company has evolved and, and seen where it's taken taken me what I will say is since I started the business um, I've found actually my number one superpower is connecting people on a global level like it's just a natural ability it's definitely a, a superpower that I was born with and it's I've just continued to enhance it and and double down on it and getting people in news at a high level as well so like entrepreneurs are just wired they're just wired differently than employees they're just it's just cut from a different and that's fine it's just like if you can't handle like overwhelming anxiety or rejection or depression or potential bankruptcy and all that stuff like then don't become an entrepreneur um but the really good ones have all been through something like that and then they just figured it out and they didn't give up and they adapted and pivoted and came up with something that worked so that was a long way of answering your question but it explains a lot of things too yeah, absolutely. And that, that sort of mindset that, that like I was an entrepreneur, but I didn't really know it because you were, it sounds like you were the person who was kind of always giving ideas or questioning things, always coming up with a new strategy, a new way of doing things. And, and at a certain point you, you want that in an organization, but then I imagine you, you probably got pushed back on just as many times, if not more in your, your 20 years of Oh God, constantly. And then sitting in a meeting, oh, a night, just a nightmare for me. Um, one, I have no, like, I don't have ADD or have never been diagnosed with that, but like sitting in a meeting, listening to nonsense, like it's just, it's exhausting for me. And um, so there's a lot of that in corporate. <laughs> so I was like, oh, and then sitting in school, nightmare. Um seven-year-old he's just like me um so he already started his first business he sells these uh, loom necklaces that i'm wearing so so i was walking him to school today him and his six-year-old brother and uh my seven-year-old's like man dad school is so boring i go i know it's boring because you're you don't think like anyone who's teaching you your teachers for the most part are they're you know integrators they're you know they're they, they, they don't have entrepreneurial skills which is fine but i so i go to him i go just, just learn what you need to learn. Again, this is a seven-year-old I'm talking to. This isn't, it's a, it's a, but I don't talk to him like a child. So I'm like, just learn what you need to learn. Learn to read and write and and math and and maybe you'll wind up liking some of that stuff. But but then I'll introduce you to people that, you know, that'll teach you like how to run a business or how to think about life in this way. Because in education, you don't learn any of that at all, for the most part. So. And that's mostly, and that's an interesting idea is like what you just said, and I've never really thought about it this way, which is, you know, the people who are teaching you don't have, generally speaking, an entrepreneurial mindset or maybe even a similar mindset to you. Not only that, it actually can be extremely detrimental because 
they're in the cookie cutter model of like, let's prepare you to get a job, which essentially is what higher higher education is. That's why you're going to see many colleges go out of business because of COVID, because people aren't going to like pay 40, 50 grand to send someone to Zoom University or whatever. But, um, you know, it, you know, again, most of my conversations on a global level, and, and I probably have five to 10 every day, Monday through Friday. So most of the conversations I have are with people who are running high six figure to 10 figure businesses. So these are pretty accomplished people. And so when you talk to people like that all day, you, you develop a different mindset and way of thinking about life. And um, it's really, it's really interesting because um, you're seeing now COVID in a great way is really forcing people in a good way to become more entrepreneurial thinking, to become as much, and some people, they don't really have that in their blood, but some people they are really adapting really well to this, or at least they're being forced to. And, and the ones that adapt the best, the ones they'll thrive and the ones that don't, they're going to be left behind. So that's called entrepreneur life. Yeah. So, I mean, you've used that word entrepreneur a lot. And I think, honestly, you're using it in a different way than I think a lot of people out there I hear. Can you give us your definition real quick? Because I, I would be interested, and I'm sure some of the listeners would as well. Yep. So I'll double down on that. And so mo- even most entrepreneurs now, they have a, a cost mentality, the scarcity mentality. They're the ones pulling back, cutting staff looking you know trimming budgets all that kind of stuff good people not necessarily true visionary entrepreneurs the real entrepreneur visionary wackadoos like the tens of thousands in my network right now they're they're pivoting and investing like crazy right now because they're they're floating around up here other everyone else has landed the plane but the, these folks are so they're, they're investing right now like crazy, which is, again, why my business has exploded since COVID, because I only work with people like that. But So they're investing now to dominate now, but really to think two to five to ten years from now, because they know those investments will lead to incredible things from now. So, you know, like uh, someone who runs a small restaurant or nickel and dime like a painter, to me, I mean, you can call them entrepreneurs if you want. To me, that's not really an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is someone who thinks at a super high level, thinks with abundance, thinks with a, a really clear vision, thinks with an investment mindset. And those are rarities even among entrepreneurs. But within my network, there's tens of thousands of them because once you find them, they just introduce you to more and more people like that because you just hang out with like-minded people. And so that's really what my company is, is just tens of thousands of those people and we're constantly introducing each other for mutual gain. That's great. So, so I, I appreciate the definition there because, you know, self-employed is when is probably where most people draw that line and you, you've taken it to quite a different level there. Now that you've got this network and you've, you've built sort of this global interconnected web and, and you've, you've surrounded yourself with some of these people, like what are some of the the takeaways, especially in the COVID world that you're, that you've pivoted into, because you see some of these people, your clients, your friends, whomever, you know, really going all in on businesses or, or their brand or whatever it is, when most people are going in a different direction and, and prepping for, you know, hunkering down and waiting for the storm, right? So, so what's the difference there? Like, what are you practically seeing people do right now? Yeah, so the main number one thing is mindset. 
um, if you have a positive abundance investment mindset, then you will attract, like, that's what I am at my company. It's just a magnet for those people, and then it repels everyone else. So you're like Dan Sullivan. He's a genius. He's a co-founder of Strategic Coaches, which is one of the entrepreneurial groups, uh, international entrepreneurial groups I'm in. So when I was running this morning, I was listening to a, uh, a speech he gave four years ago at, um, I think it was at Joe Polish's Genius Network event. And um, so those are two, like, super high-level genius-type people. And then, so he was talking about, like, yeah, the way you communicate and what you say or what you do, or it, you're just giving off radio waves, and you're just you're just attracting like-minded people and then repelling everyone else. So that's, I mean, again, so like people will listen to this, and what it will happen is, is, and depending on how your audience is, either most people will like turn it off, they will stop listening because they don't understand it, and they they're not ready to, like. Um, they're not ready to just experience this kind of thinking or life, which is fine. But then the ones that are living like this, they will they will reach out, and that's that's on a global level. And so the people that do reach out, they're one of two types of people. One, <clears throat> they're running some of the most successful businesses on earth, and they're enjoying their lives with their families, and they're just having, they're doing what they like to do and what they're good at. So that's one type of person. And then the second type is um, they're they have the mindset where they're going to be one of those people so they're on their way so those are the people that reach out to me and it just eliminates all the noise and nonsense for me anyway so what you're really talking about is is right now people are investing in relationships in their brand in connectivity not necessarily in making like an infrastructure investment or like opening a new wing of their business although that could be part of it but no that's definitely happening too so i just so here's someone i talked to this morning um i won't give away the city because but so he's 23 he made his first 100k when he was 17 his company is now 10 million revenue he just bought a maserati again i don't care about any of this stuff but like some people do so he, his company is expanding to a, a I think it's a 40,000 square foot office right in downtown in a major metropolitan city. And so he's, he's adding tons of employees. So those, those are the types of conversations I have all the time. Um, so there are people that are adding that infrastructure, but what I have seen more overall is like you said, re- investing in relationships because like that's really what my company is. It's just a giant, amazing incubator of relationships, and uh, those are things that never go away. And so the byproduct of all that is transactional, incredible success, financial. But you don't lead with transactional. At least I don't. Um, like people that ask me, "What do you cost or charge?" Within five or ten minutes, I know one, they go away right away. But two, I know they have the wrong mindset because they're they're just toxic. They're thinking in a transactional way as opposed to a relationship way and um and then they're toxic and then the people in their networks are toxic because they you know you hang out with like-minded people so um the people who are investing now in relationships and and connectivity those are the ones dominating now and, and they will dominate years from now so i appreciate everything you're saying relative to like investing in relationships and the in the mindset like absolutely and and yet I am still struck by this concept of like, I can't spreadsheet a relationship. Right. And so when it, when, when the, 
shit hits the fan, so to say, you know, we like dollars and cents are still going to be due and still going to be need to pay it and payroll is still going to need to be made. Right. So like, how do you mentally bridge the gap between like, Hey, I'm pouring into people. I started my, my podcast here and I'm meeting all these cool people, but how does that help me like actually put food on the table? You know? Yep. So I'm glad you asked that. And um, we're in COVID now, but I thought this well before COVID because I'm visionary wackadoo at the visionary wackadooist amount. But um, so there will be more companies with my business model where it's four things, high price point, low overhead. You essentially leverage your network on a global level to create endless opportunities for your network and yourself. And you're easily able to pivot. I've been saying this for years. So there's no need for employees, there's no need for office space, there's no need for new technologies. You just do what you like to do and what you're good at, and you create endless opportunities for your network, and then they create endless opportunities for you. So I haven't, like I said, I haven't done any outbound sales in years, and it just keeps growing and growing. So what I just, the, what I just summarized for you, that solves every type of issue that you're talking about, because, um, because as your network grows and the the, the high value relationships that you have grow those people as a byproduct invest more money in your company that's just what happens so the money part takes care of itself so we're talking about having a high ticket offer of some kind something that's a higher cost you're creating value for people really low overhead and then a and then a really simple easy to pivot business model that's correct that's exactly what my company is and that's what you're seeing more companies do where you don't need to have a giant office. Now, obviously there are companies where you need employees, you need manufacturing space. I totally get that. But what, again, this is my opinion based on my experience and what I've seen from other people is that you will have more companies with my business model where that's what it is. And I have a lot of clients like that too, where there's no need to have employees. You just, you just develop your relationships and you do something really well and you're really good at it and you like to do it. And, and that's it. It's very, very simple. Like you said before, it just simplifies everything. And I, you know, the, the biggest mistake a lot of people make is they try to be everything for everyone. And I, my firm is one thing at a crazy high global level for the right type of person. And so that's where I think business is headed. I mean, that's that's simply put, niching down mm-hmm. to the less is more nth degree. Yeah. Right. So that's how I created a global successful company. So. Um, and that's why I wrote my book because I'm like, people are like, how did you do this? You were a journalist, not making a lot of money, working terrible hours. Um, I had, I didn't know what a W9 was or what LLC stood for before I started this. I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know any of that. Cause again, education doesn't prepare you for being an entrepreneur for the most part, unless you go to business school or take entrepreneurial classes. So people are like, how did you do this? So that's why I wrote the book. Cause I'm like, this is how I did this. And this is where where my values are and this is how I see business moving forward. So it's really changed a lot of people's lives on a global level and it's been very exciting to see that happen. It's funny that you said that because I actually studied entrepreneurship in college and studied and that was my business. I had a business degree with a focus in entrepreneurship which basically meant I took a class where we formed teams and started businesses with class funds and then uh, returned it at the end of it if we wanted to buy the business out or whatever. Um, the, and, and even though I was in this class, which is pretty, a pretty unique opportunity relative That's very to very rare, very rare in and of itself, the professor, we were talking about Facebook ads and the professor was like, 
two, three weeks in, whatever it was, he's like, how many sales have you made on Facebook versus how many sales have you made like walking out and like trying to like get into the physical store because we were selling a physical product. I'm like none. And he's like, well, yeah, there you go. Facebook doesn't work. Whoa, after three weeks? <laughs> but this is, this is in 2013 uh, and a, a very old school model. So my point is like even a, an entre- a very entrepreneurship driven formal business that, model. Was this person an entrepreneur? He was probably back in the 60s and 70s or whenever, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, the formal education model and the formal sort of news model and, and the the mindset that we learn, even in a very progressive from an entrepreneurship standpoint, education model like that still like I granted, I learned a lot of great other lessons, but, but how to advertise online was not one of them in that particular class. So you'll, you'll love this, but so I had, um, the, the hard part for me is having conversations with people who don't think like this. Cause I'm very direct and I don't want to come off as rude, but like, Again, when you're thinking up in the sky, so I'll, I'll give you an example. There was this um, person uh, near where I live, and he's an, he's a business teacher, a high school business teacher. N- never has been an entrepreneur, knows nothing about like, and so, so he and I were having a conversation that ended very quickly. But so, because I overheard him talking about. Um, something like, why would you want to become an adjunct professor? And so I, I interjected, I go, yeah, a ton of my friends want to become adjunct professors in entrepreneurship because they actually know about entrepreneurship, how to run a business and like really can help kids or students. Like and, and it was just the end of the conversation, but it's like, that's what I mean. That's a, that's a business teacher in high school. So I'm like, that that is like brainwashing and like actually damaging children's brains um, to be taught like that. And um, again, like most education, it's I mean it is what it is. But most people aren't wired like this. So um, you're actually going through from like age four to you know twenty two. So that's eighteen years, most of your life. Um, you're essentially getting education and if you're looking at entrepreneurship strictly from people who have never been entrepreneurs and never will be they're you know most teachers unions so like that's the opposite of entrepreneurial thinking for the most part so it's like it's just something to think about and um but again these are the conversations i have with with a lot of these folks on a global level and like some of them are like yeah if you look at higher ed if you really look at the research of how they were started, they, these giant institutions were started by some of the wealthiest people to create a workforce for them. So that model hasn't changed in hundreds of years until now. Like, it's being forced to change now because, again, no one's going to pay, for the most part, no one's going to pay 40, 50 grand to sit on a computer. Right. And, you know, as someone who was in journalism for 20 years, you, you sort of saw an inside that most of us who kind of consume that content don't see. Like, obviously, it's the negativity thing that everyone says, like, go on a media diet, don't, don't consume the negativity. I mean, I, I'm sort of curious from a mindset perspective, like, why is that such, like, why is that out there in the world? Like, is that something that you guys generally focused on because it sells more? And then if so, why do you think that is? Yeah, so that's an excellent question. And his background 
the, the stories I did as a journalist were the exact opposite of what you're talking about. They're almost the exact same stories I do for my firm now, meaning like it's something positive, something technologically advanced. It's something, someone who's doing something super interesting. So I've hated all that bleeds it leads stuff for my whole career. Like the stories that, that my firm does and that I did as a journalist, those would be the stories you see at the end of the newscast to like make it positive, like a positive, you know what I mean? Like the quirky... So those, that's what I made a life out of that, essentially, now and before. So you hit it on the head. I mean, for the, we have a polarized society who folks think one way or another in terms of, you know, polit- politically and things like that. And they, and they want destruction. They want, they want that fear-based kind of news. And um, for the most part, I actually, I stay away from that, meaning like, I, don't, I try not to watch it that much because it's, I'm a super positive, abundance mindset person, and most most news is the opposite of that. There's a lot that is positive, and I actually help contribute to a lot of that with my firm. But but yeah, it's it's more that was the Blue Jay, by the way. But it's more of like you know just it, it, it's 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 the yes, yeah, so you can have a chocolate milk, but it's the right it's. It's it's the bleeds it leads mentality which has been around for a long time, and uh, you know if you look at media too at a really really high level of thinking it's it's designed to to frighten people in many ways to keep them grounded and to keep them uh, prevent them from thinking in a positive way. Um, so the, that's the unfortunate part of it. But again, I've always been the outlier in that um, trying to stay positive. And, do you find that in that experience that it was sort of like the demand? Because I, I, I like to think of things supply and demand curve as, as simply as I can, when I can. And it's like if either there's a supply or there's a demand, like consumers only want the negative stuff or the, the media only supplies the negative stuff. Like I'm not really sure which comes first, but I would I would love to hear what your thought is on that. It's an unfortunate cycle you want news you want you know who got shot in what neighborhood um me personally i don't really i do like i like having input about natural disasters because that is that is important that that affects people but the bleeds it leads things i actually don't like that it um stigmatizes neighborhoods and unfairly many times um but uh yeah, I mean, their you know news is in. They need ratings, and newspapers need subscribers, and people need page views. And so, it's very interesting that we're having this conversation because the stories that that I did as a journalist and that my firm does now, those are stories that generate page views and shares on Facebook in in the opposite way, meaning it's like super positive, and so people do want to consume that news as well. We're a, a globe or a planet of storytellers, and we want to know about cool people and cool things. So those are the stories that I've always focused on. And when, when you say focus on, like sometimes people will say, well, yeah, but you got to stay informed. You got to know what's going on. Right. And so to your point, like there's, there's a point at which the weather and the natural disasters and the stock market up or down or whatever, like those sorts of things inform your presidential election coming up or whatever. Right. But there's a point at which you need to know facts and you need to know sort of dates and, and, and what have you. But then there's also this point at which you have to 
kind of till your soil, if you will, to, to <laughs> think for yourself, <laughs> think for yourself, but also create sort of this, this fertile ground of positivity so that abundance can, can sprout up. And, and if you are constantly putting poor pungent chemicals and nonsense into your soil, right, you're going to get a crop, but it's probably going to be something pretty, you know, lackluster at best, right? How does someone sort of toe that line between consuming all positive, fluffy nonsense and not being grounded in reality, and then uh, and then not being totally negative and torn down on the other side? So these are super high level questions, um, even more so than I do a lot of media for the book and stuff. So these are better questions than than I used to get, and I talk to a lot of very high level entrepreneurs. So, so what I have started doing is watching or consuming positive abundance mindset news or media or podcasts or YouTube videos the first hour or two of the day and that sets the tone for the whole day then the others you know I'm informed with whatever else is going on after that but um, when you start the day after you wake up with with positive types of things it really does set the tone like you know people say oh you gotta eat breakfast the most important meal of the day well in terms of what you consume in your brain, that's also the most important. And based on my experience, uh, the most important thing you can do as well. That's awesome. Well, Justin, I appreciate your time. I want to respect the rest of your day. It sounds like your kids are ready for your attention here. They're ready. They're well. ready. They're um, ready. So man. I want to transition us into the last segment of the show called the Focus Five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? Yes. So I'm, we haven't totally talked about it. So here's the moment. Um, question is what book have you gifted most often besides my book um never split the difference uh by chris voss so he coincidentally he wrote the forward for my book but and so never split the difference just wanted mm-hmm. yeah so that's what i mean right well if you write a book you, you, you know a lot of people write books and it doesn't mean anything like if i do something it, I'm, I'm all in so um yeah chris wrote the forward for my book he's a great guy his company's amazing and um yeah, so that's the one that I've I've told a lot of people about, um, and uh, it's been, I mean, it's been great to have Chris and and his son Brandon, who's the president of the company. He's in my strategic coach group, so it's been great to have them in my corner in Black Swan promoting my book as well. And what's your book called? Since we haven't talked about the name uh, yet. <laughs> epic business right that's what i mean people are like fascinated with how my brain works and then the byproduct is we've barely ever mentioned but my company or <laughs> the yeah, book yeah, yeah. but that's fine that's fine that's okay but it's just yeah it's called epic business here's the if you want to see the cover but. epic business we'll link to that down in the show notes guys so it's easy to find um Second question is, if you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Yeah, so it would certainly be my father. Um, so he was 61 when I was born. He died when I was 13. He was a World War II soldier, an attorney in the Nuremberg trials. He kept a, a war diary of his um, uh, him fighting in the Hurricane Forest, um, which is one of the deadliest battles in... in um, so it's he died when I was 13, and so that diary still exists, and I read it after he died, and he writes exactly like I do. It's really, or I write exactly like he does. And so it's been a really good uh, way to stay connected to him. So, I mean, mega, I would I would do anything, essentially, to spend a, a day with my dad, but even an hour, just to get just to get that time with him. And, 
And uh, I'd ask him about uh, how to be a good dad, because he was the best dad ever, and that's why I'm so close to my son, so you continually see bombarding this interview. But um, there, uh, you know, I would just, I would ask them if he, if he had two minutes to hang out with my kids, just so they knew him, and then I'd talk to him about life and what makes for a good life, because he was a great dad. Man, I've been really looking forward to this next one, so thank you for that answer. What is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on? <laughs> so most people would disagree with the way my brain works completely. Most people do not think like this. In fact, the vast majority of people. So people think I come off as arrogant, um, the people that don't think like me, but it's actually the opposite of arrogance. Um, arrogant people think they're really good at everything. I'm basically terrible at everything, and I'm exceptionally good at two things and being a, a good dad. So they would, dis they would disagree with me when I say I'm not arrogant. They would think I'm arrogant, and I'm, I'm not. I'm the opposite of that. I love that. And you, you hinted at it a second ago, but like, give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you like to actually start your day? That's another good question. Um, so one of the chapters in my book is start um, your day with an early morning workout. Um, so for the last 15 years, I've been uh, running outside no matter the weather conditions. I live near Chicago, so it's very cold here. So no matter what the weather condition is, I run outside uh, you know, between three and five miles a day. So, um, and then I talk to a lot of people overseas. So those calls sometimes are at four or five, six in the morning. Um, so again, consuming positive, positive, um, you know, abundant mindset things. And then, um, you know, starting with a, a workout for sure is great. So that's awesome. And Justin, like I said, this has been super awesome. I really appreciate your time. What is the best place online we can connect with you and find the book? Sure. So um, follow me on LinkedIn. I've, I have 40,000 followers on social media, over 22,000 on LinkedIn. So Justin Breen on LinkedIn. Um, and then my company's website is brepicllc.com. B as in boy, R, E, P as in pony, I, C as in cobra, llc.com, brepicllc.com. You can find out how to get the book there. But the book's name is Epic Business. You can find it basically anywhere in the world. Epic Business and brepicllc.com. You heard it here, guys. Uh, go down into the show notes. I've got it all linked up down there. You can connect with Justin on LinkedIn as well. Uh, man, thank you. Really appreciate your time. You've killed it today. Brought a lot of value and uh, appreciate you uh, being, being on the show. Only the beginning of greatness, my friend. Best is yet to come. Love it. And that's a wrap for today. Thanks so much for tuning into the episode. If you want to connect with Justin or learn more about the book, head down to the show notes. I've got LinkedIn, I've got his uh, website, and I've got his book all queued up down there for you so it's easy to find. And if you want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram at Chief Sna, and my website for the podcast and my personal website is down there as well. Of course, if you got some value out of it, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review because it really helps me grow and gain critical feedback on how I can keep improving and providing more value to you as a listener. So without any further ado, this is Hans Strazina signing off. I'm your host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last.